You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Steve here on Bad Boys Podcasting. Uh, DJ Impact is currently out in the waters on a cruise, so we hope he's having a good time. And uh, I don't know, can you wear fuzzy slippers on on the deck on a boat? Oh, I'm 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 sure he's rocking them on the deck for sure. I don't know. I would I'd be afraid that they just get wet. You know. Amen. That's I'm sure that's the risk that he's willing to take. And Simon Street is uh, on a little bit of a vacation, and uh, uh, we uh, will have him back at some point here. So uh, we're going to get right at it and uh, just uh, step right into uh, what was too sweet this week. All right, Steve, what do you got this week? All right, so... I know that you're going to be thrilled about this, but Adam Copeland is all elite. I never thought that I'd see him outside of a WWE ring, let alone say those words. Um, I'm, I am very interested to see uh, who all Adam gets to work with in AEW. Um, so many first-time matches. Uh, he's mentioned in promos, um, but this signing is it, it truly is massive for AEW. Make no mistake. Not just from an in-ring perspective, um, but also because of, in theory, what he's able to do um, by him taking that step, it allows AEW to wash away the the residue and the uh, the filth that was CM Punk and his time in AEW. So, if nothing else, this would this should allow the company to start a new chapter. So that's that's a very good thing. From one um, scumbag to another. Hey man, I, I I don't know Adam Copeland enough to call him a scumbag, so I'm not going to do that. But um, all I know is I'm just analyzing it from a fan perspective. Um, but uh, elsewhere, Brian Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. went out and possibly had what some people are calling match of the year at Wrestle Dream. Um, obviously, I was not on the show last week uh, as I was watching Wrestle Dream, and uh, so I will be mentioning some things from that show in addition to this week's. Uh, dynamite as well as collision. Um, so just as a heads up there. Um, but yeah, the, their match went 22 minutes, saw Danielson pick up the pinfall victory. Uh, the promo packages and everything leading up to the match said that this would settle who was the best technical wrestler, um, and who would have the right to call themselves just that. Um, they're going to end up running this one back probably January 4th. Uh, if new Japan has other plans for Okada, if they don't, then we might get Okada and Danielson on the fourth. Who knows? Either way, I'm happy with that. Um, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page went out and had an amazing 20-minute match at Wrestle Dream. 
Uh, Swerve gets the biggest win of his career. Hopefully, we start to see Swerve push more to the top of the card where he belongs. Um, and then lastly, Christian Cage, Darby Allen at Wrestle Dream in that two out of three falls match. Um, Darby picked up the quick pin, but then all hell broke loose. It broke the damn ring apart, wrestled the rest of the match on the wooden boards. You know, I'll talk more about this match in another segment, but uh, it, it was a very good match and accomplished exactly what it needed to do. Unfortunately, the match was completely overshadowed by the post-match angle and, and everything of that nature. Completely understandable. But yeah, two sweets all around. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I won't disagree. But uh, I would disagree, disagree with some of the stuff. So, but I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on. I'm just saying. Uh, uh I, you know, Adam Page needs to uh, go with the old. Take him, put him out of his misery. Take him behind the shed. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I completely understand you on that, man. I, I completely get you there. And, and, um, it's, and, it's and maybe, maybe it's just something to where, you know, they take a couple of weeks off TV and then they're refreshed. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing sometimes. But um, uh, I think you're right on Swerve. I think Swerve needs to Yeah. Um, you know, Swerve uh, obviously has shown his, his value and um, he has a character and i think that's a huge huge thing uh, to say uh I, I gotta look here at fast lane's uh post press conference with triple h he said some things that uh you know were kind of highlights uh that pay-per-view um uh, is the highest grossing event WWE has ever held in Indianapolis, which includes Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania. So yeah. uh, that just shows you um, that more records are being broken and WWE is up possibly higher than it's ever been, is what he's uh, saying. Uh, Carlito is here to stay. Carlito has been under contract for, I think, somewhere around six months or so. Yeah. So um finally you know we'll see if he if they mold him into the lwo um or what the plans are with him uh he praised eo sky and uh john cena and called bailey the mvp of the women's division which is i think another interesting point because again the thing with bailey is she hasn't been prominent in the ring as of late but as a character, she really is driven. Um, it's it's pretty awesome uh, to see what she's been, um, you know, able to accomplish. Especially with EO, um, you have someone who has the the language barrier, even though she speaks some English. Uh, it's been great. Um, you know, she's been a, a good champion so far, and it's going to be interesting to see if the rumors are true. And Kyrie Singh comes back. Her and Eo. Yep. It'll be good. Um, Sign me up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, 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 
it's been interesting because Oscar kind of set the tone, right? And now what you're seeing is I think they're getting a better feel. Maybe it's Hunter on how to use Japanese wrestlers. You know, I, I don't think Vince ever knew. Uh, and Vince never really knew how to use foreign, you know, born wrestlers, uh, non-American wrestlers. So very interesting to see. Um <laughs> This was a great thing, though. He says it's hard to believe that L.A. Knight was Max Dupree a year ago, which which is nice because that was kind of a shot at Vince too. So uh, there you go. Uh, he says uh, Seth and Shinsuke was fantastic, and this is Shinsuke he's always wanted to see, which there's no doubt. Um, that match was was just such a great match. I'll talk more about that. And uh, he said the work that Shawn Michaels and everyone is putting in down in NXT is amazing and the future is so bright. So I think those are some great points. And uh, once again, you know, uh, a way a press conference should be done instead of uh, being coked out of your mind and not really know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, that's pretty interesting to see. Uh, also, uh, Gunther versus Champa. Uh, was spectacular match, uh, and Dom is the new NXT North American champion. Go Dominic! Way to get that belt back. Way to use every resource of uh, <laughs> Judgment Day to do it, and way to keep that heel heat going uh, because people are pissed off that Trick lost the belt right away one fucking title defense and lost it right back to Dominic. Brilliant, brilliant heat, great heat. Um, you know, is it, is Absolutely. it, is it great wrestling? No, it's not meant to be. Is it storytelling? Yeah. And that's what judgment day is there for. All right, let's get to where's the love. Uh, I, I am going to say the love uh, should be given uh, to Seth and Nakamura. Um, the whole buildup uh, with what they've been able to do, uh, you know, that's that's been awesome to uh, to see Shinsuke get those um, promos and to, you know, be able to subtitle him and just use him to his best ability. But they beat the fuck out of each other. And. I think that a lot of times Seth doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, he's overshadowed by Roman and the push they put on Roman. Um, you know, Seth is kind of an MVP type guy where there's never been a time where you can say that Seth Rollins has not given 100% to whatever they've asked him to do. And this, uh, you know, this character that he's been doing it's kind of a nice uh, walk on the edge because it's a little bit fucking annoying, which makes him kind of heelish. But then it's also one of those guys you want to get behind because you have the fans singing with the song. You have him actually making valid points, you know, and a lot of times that's the difference between being a heel and a face is heels make points that are, just a little askew that are, you know, towards that view of not being right. And Seth has that kind of fan type feel, and that gives it that nice little face. And it's just been great to see 
the work that they've done. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think we're going to probably see one more. I think we get a blow off on this one. Um, and I'm going to give some love to uh, AEW doing uh, some character stuff. Um, of course, Tony Storm, you know, we've talked about Tony Storm, um, but bringing in the timeless vignette into now the ring is great. That's character, that's storytelling. That's what you need to fucking do to get an audience to continue to watch. Um, and on top of that, as a wrestler, the thing is, is the character and styling it to the character of the in-ring style makes that so much better because now it's a believable thing because she's buying into it. It's fucking fabulous. Um, and the promo hyping up Dan housing, you know, love that Dan housing. <laughs> That's great. I've always thought that, you know, since he was on the independence, I thought it was a great gimmick. Um, he doesn't have to do much technical wrestling, but character-wise, it's one of the best characters that is out there that someone created that wasn't given to him. And take advantage of it. Fucking use it because he really has, you know, uh, he has that type of talent. And, uh, you know, just that promo shows when you, when you do things with the people who have these characters – it makes it all that much more interesting than just having good matches. So that's what I'm I'm uh, loving this week. Uh, where's your love, Steve? All right, man. So I have to ask this. Where is the love for Keith Lee? I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, yeah. take a look at Wrestle Dream. He was involved in a seemingly thrown together eight-person tag team match to kick off the Zero Hour, the pre-show. Keith huh? Lee kicked off the fucking pre-show. I mean, you know, the fast forward this week on Collision, we get a very linguistic promo from Keith Lee. Uh, there were also some words by Shane Taylor, but the thing that stood out to me is that Keith Lee, he has this amazing vocabulary that you can delve into and take advantage of why they haven't been putting a mic in this guy's hand or why they haven't been doing some sort of a vignette promo, something to that effect with him. Um, they're vastly underutilizing him. I've said it for a long ass time. Can, can um, we just point out the fact though, too, that the smartest thing that they're doing right now is countering his stuff with Shane Taylor's. I agree. Yes. Blunt shit. I fucking just a juxtaposition. Him. Yeah, I love Shane. I've loved him for years, and he's really fucking getting a chance to nail it out of the park as well. Agreed. And, you know, I, I think that they're taking a match that, let's be real, outside of Ring of Honor fans, no, you know, if you're just a, a casual fan, you don't really have any kind of mo emotional investment in Shane Taylor versus Keith Lee. Um, no. But this, this type of thing is what they need to do to start building that that emotional response and that emotional investment into these characters into these people um yeah. it's it's i i'm going to mention some more things about it in the lookout but um i do have to also make mention of somebody else that i uh asked where the love was um i think it was two weeks ago 
I mentioned him specifically. And as I sit here tonight, he is now a champion in AEW. We finally found out where indeed the love was for Big Bill. As he and Ricky Starks took the world championships from FTR. Now, you can say what you will about maybe Cash is injured. Maybe there's some some things that are extenuating circumstances from his his road rage incident. Um, whatever it is, um, if nothing else, this this is the right thing to do. This will allow you to give some spotlight and some shine to some people that do deserve it while your champions are going to be out of action for an unspecified amount of time. Um, I, I, I think that Ricky Starks, Big Bill, they are getting better and better. You're starting to see the, um, the, the chemistry more and more each week with these guys. Um, and can you believe it? Quite frankly, this was Big Bill's first ever major tag team championship title reign. The, so if you yeah. think back at, yes, he was extremely over in WWE as part of the whole act with Enzo, yet they never held those tag team titles. So it's really great to see Big Bill being, uh, you know, rewarded for the effort that he's putting in because he is just, he's turned it around completely. And uh, yeah, where's, where's the love? We finally found it. Um. <laughs> And I'm going to get to a couple comments here uh, because I have uh, something uh, on that right now. Yeah, this week, uh, what the fuck? I'm just going to say it. What the fuck was that? They not only put the belts on them, but they fucking had them destroy the fucking tag team champs like they were just pieces of shit um american bam bam i agree with just that sentiment i can believe it easily he sucks um you know here here's the thing uh and and uh i, I got another comment of uh the fact that you know putting the tag belts on them doesn't really do anything and it doesn't for this reason there was no reason none it's just that those two had started being together and now let's put the belts on them and let's have FTR lose in pretty fucking horrible fashion. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, have the Bucks fucking take the belts and then you have them destroy the Bucks. I, you know, I get it. I get it. He's fucking diesel to Stark, Strawn, Michaels, blah, fucking blah. Um, but at the same time, listen, he's... He, He's a good fucking dude. He's come a long way. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the the thing is, I, I get, I get your point, um, but it, it's, I think, ultimately, this accomplishes numerous things. Um, this allows you to get some new faces into the spotlight. Obviously, FTR, everyone knows that they're going to come back and they're going to take those titles back. Um, it's just a matter of time. Um, so if, if Cash truly is injured and if he has to sit out for a couple of months at a time, then yes, this is, this is a decent way for them to cover that. Um, I, I get your point as far as it being a, you know, a completely uh, 
just one-sided, almost a squash match. Don't know if I would have done it that way, but again, we don't know how injured Cash actually was. Uh, well, if he, again, if he legitimately again, couldn't go. Yeah. But give it, give, give the titles to a tag team that has an established tag team. You know what I'm saying? And then start a build between Bill and, and Starks, you know, against a Bucks or a fucking, you know, established tag team so that you could have a couple weeks to make it go, oh, okay. There was no chase. There was nothing. It was just, hey, here's the belts, and we're going to start the show off like that too. So I, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Uh, Dynamite four-year anniversary show, and they can't fucking get their technical difficulties right. Still, I I don't know what else to say about their their technical shit. Um, it's just fucking infuriating. And then, hey, let's play the whole goddamn thing again. So, um, yeah, I I you know it just it's just unbelievable. Um, but one of the biggest, uh, what the fucks this week is something I actually agree with. And that was Jr. had a, what the fuck take. And, uh, he said, I was, uh, I told a kid the other day at AEW that everybody does the same fucking spot. All you guys go outside, you cluster up like coils and, uh, you, you stand there in a huddle friends and foes together side by side so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move they are looking for the holy shit chant they love to hear this is awesome it's a spot folks it's a trapeze act i don't buy into that holy shit thank you jr for pointing out that shit is amazing because they fucking it just annoys me with these spots it's so stupid everyone does them um aw it's just it's you just see it more where it's just catch spots Yeah, it just it it just pisses me off. Uh, and American Bam Bam is convinced that if me and him show up in AEW to declare ourselves a tag team in two weeks, we could be champs. It's so fucking true. <laughs> All right, what's your uh, what the fuck this week? All right, so it wouldn't be AEW Dynamite without technical issues, like what you mentioned, Michaels. You know, at this point, I have to wonder if it's not intentional on the on the behalf of the network. Uh, every single week, it seems like as if there's something that's messed up with the audio. Um, yeah. This week, obviously, you made mention of the the vignette of Adam Cole visiting Roderick Strong's house. Um, yeah, we only got the in arena audio over the TBS feed, and it was confirmed. That was not the case through Fight or any other distribution platform. It was strictly through TBS. Um, so that's ridiculous. Um, evidently, uh, right after it happened, Tony Khan angrily uh, tweeted out his displeasure. I'm sure, uh, you know, if things were as everybody assumes, he was, you know, typing 100 words a minute um, with 
just his thumbs, just going crazy. Um, you know, saying that they demanded an overrun. Uh, so of course they ran the same vignette twice in the same show. Um, that was either great if you enjoyed it or abysmal if you hated it. Like how I know American Bam Bam hated that vignette. Um, that wasn't the only issue involving TBS on the fourth anniversary show, though. For DirecTV, Spectrum, and other cable customers, TBS listed Dynamite at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thus, some people were unable to watch uh, the show, unable, unable to DVR the show. Um, and obviously, the ratings took a hit as, as, as a result. Um, oh, this as a is, result. At, Come on. But, <laughs> Come on. Seriously. So you, you mean to tell me that they would not have had any more than a flat, and this was what really stood out to me. They had a flat 800,000. You mean to tell me that, they, that the number wasn't any more than that? So, I mean, well, I, 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 genu- I genuinely think, that, I genuinely think that there were some issues that this was just a, a perfect storm of bullshit um, for this past Wednesday. Go ahead. I, I I know I'm I can see that you're trying no, to say I just something. I just got a comment in that said no the ratings were bad because the show was embarrassingly bad. <laughs> so all right. Um you know that, I mean that, it wasn't bad. Um the show wasn't bad by any means. Um and listen, you know I, I, I have direct TV and if you set your your series, it records. It recorded. There was no problems. So uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, if the um, the 12 people who randomly were tuning in uh, didn't get to see it. But uh, I have more of a bigger problem that uh, the uh, end of, uh, uh, I think it was Collision, um, just cut off. Uh, there was, you know, it, it went over um, and, you yeah, know, recording cut off. So just saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get you. And, you know, it, it obviously it's it's one of those situations that everybody's going to try to point a finger, or make an excuse and things like that. And obviously, yes, it it's it's frustrating because when everything is being micromanaged um, and, you know, clearly the network, according to what they say and according to the funding that they've given, they have zero issues with any of the AEW programming. But their actions, their actions are speaking otherwise. Um, lastly, I do have to throw out another what the fuck. I mentioned that I would talk about the two out of three falls match at Wrestle Dream, and by God, I'm gonna do it. That fucking stairs spot with Darby Allen. Holy fucking shit fucks, man. Like, I I even me, okay. I don't mind a lot of the deathmatch stuff, okay. Um, I was seriously concerned for the health of the human crash test dummy, um, getting thrown in a body slam position on the actual steps of ringside stairs. What has to be wrong with you in your fucking head to want to do that spot? Damn, man. What the fuck? Yeah. And that leads us to, uh, what we're looking out for. All right, you just got out your aggression. Now, what are you looking out for? That's the question. all right, man. So, I am looking out for more vignettes, um, almost exactly what 
you had mentioned earlier, you know, they're finally starting to build some characters in AEW, or at least they're trying. Uh, on Collision, we got a vignette for Samoa Joe looking like a fucking crime boss, total badass. This is this is the type of shit that we need. Um, I've said it. If there is a commercial break and there is not picture in picture, when that commercial break returns to the show, they need to bumper that with a backstage promo or a vignette every single time. That will allow them to build these characters out. We're seeing what it's doing for the, the timeless Tony Storm character. Um, I mean, the internet has, has picked up on it. They absolutely love that. Um, the fans in the arena, um, all like 2,000 of them were extremely happy um, with Tony, uh, you know, during her match, matches. Uh, she wrestled in both on both Dynamite and on Collision this week. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, honestly, allow the performers to perform. Um, I'm of I'm of that firm belief. Vignette or backstage promo when you come back from commercial every time. Um, also, I'm looking out for what could be some great first time matchups for Adam Copeland in AEW. Um, not to belabor the point, but yes, yes, I want to see all of those first time matchups. Um, and lastly, this week's Dynamite Title Tuesday should be good. Um, depending on if people are going to watch it or maybe they're going to just watch WWE light on Tuesday night, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, they're running back Mox and Phoenix. Uh, they're doing uh Soraya and Sheeta, but I really, really want to see Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. That match should be fucking great on Tuesday. Yeah. And if Danielson goes over then we know that they have no fucking clue what they're doing. <laughs> That's just very simple. Um, I, I'm, I'm agreeing here with Jim um, that uh, Darby Allen has bones made of rubber and he puts his body on the line way too much. Absolutely. And that's because Absolutely uh, he's, he's not a good wrestler. That's, that's the truth. Um, if he was a better in-ring performer, he wouldn't need that kind of shit. That's my opinion. I'm just saying it. Um, but uh, unlike a guy like McFoley, who is a big dude, and you know, you didn't fucking cringe except for when he was being like hurled off of shit. Um, you know, McFoley took a stair spot uh, when he got kicked in the head with uh, uh, legend killer there, Randy Orton, and you didn't go, oh my god, the dude's dead. So I don't know. I Darby, I've just never never understood or, or liked what he does. Uh, look out. Um, I'm looking out for how they're going to use Carlito. Uh, I am definitely looking out for uh, Jade uh, Cargill because she looks the part. It's really interesting. Just her coming out of a car was night and day from the perception you had of her in AEW. Not that she wasn't um, being groomed in AEW. Well, the, you know, obviously the streak, etc. But there was something missing. And this is what WWE can do. Take that it factor and just push it a thousand percent. And that's what's going to elevate her. Not in the wrestling business. 
she's going to be a fucking outside star. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. A hundred percent that she's on her way. You know, in a decade, you're going to be going, remember when she wrestled? <laughs> so, uh, it just, yeah, just seeing that one thing. Um, uh, very interested in seeing uh, Lyra versus Becky for the title at Halloween Havoc. That should be interesting. But, uh, you know, WWE light, um, let's face it. Um, yes, American Bam Bam does say, I don't know if you noticed, y'all noticed, she's hot as hell. Absolutely. <laughs> And that and that outfit was absolutely just screaming hot as hell. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, is that what she wears on a Thursday? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I, I think that it's very interesting because we see uh, we're going to talk about it in three count. The difference between, uh, you know, what's going on 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 Tuesday night and uh, the so-called wars that everyone wants. But. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they have all these pieces going on, especially the fact that everyone seems to be kind of overlooking the fact that a gong went off. Yep. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Adam Copeland failing miserably. That would be just the best thing I could see for a Christmas present this year. So Santa Claus, please bring me a horror. I, you know, I hate to see people get hurt, but if Edge is out for six to eight months, Jesus, I'm just saying, you know, uh, and Kenny Omega, he was at the edge of his seat. So, uh, you know, eh, go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> Best in show. <laughs> Steve, was it uh, the pay-per-view for you? The uh... Absolutely. AEW yeah. Wrestle Dream. Um, 14 matches on the show. Yeah, there were uh, a couple of them that didn't need to be there. Um, and I will be the first one to admit that. Um, but it, there were also three matches on the show that could have been in that main event slot and been received well. So, yeah, it was, it was done well. Um, and then, obviously, you had the big debut at the end. So, um, an event that... Some people were uh, talking a lot of shit about before, and uh, it exceeded all expectations. So the one thing I totally disagree on is that main event period, um, and I just don't think that it should have been positioned there. I think that uh, really, you know, you you focus on your heavyweight champion. Um, you don't have your heavyweight champion defend the tag titles by himself. That was fucking stupid. Put him in a fucking storyline. Put him in a feud. Have him be your, you know, your your main event. This was done just for Edge. I'm sorry. Say what you want to say about Darby being from Seattle, Nick Wayne being from Seattle. Blah fucking blah. This was done for Edge. The stupid thing, and I still don't fucking get it, is that AEW is not at the point where these surprises do anything to bump the rating. Advertise them. Build it fucking up. Get people going. Wait a minute. Who's who's going to be there? Because otherwise, you're just playing to the wrestling fans who already fucking know because they're smart marks on the internet. Big fucking deal. I just don't get it. I don't get that. Um, Fastlane uh, definitely for me was the uh, the show of the week. 
Um, you know, again, I'm not big into these put together tag teams, but you can see that putting Cody and Jay Uso together is something that is going to eventually lead to Cody making his way back to Roman and be the payoff. I think that Jay is the red herring here. And eventually we're going to find out that all along Jay was working under <laughs> the bloodline and, you know, something is going to give down the road. I think, again, we're looking at long-term storytelling. Um, and also you have to have that little friction going on still with judgment day. Um, and are they with the bloodline and all that shit? So again, stuff that, that is storytelling more so than wrestling outcomes. And again, I'm, if you're using the belts as props, that's exactly what this is doing. And right now, since it's two tag belts on each individual, it's nothing more than fucking props at this point. So fine. Um, you know what? Quick question though. Quick question. Yeah. Thrown together yeah. tag teams are currently holding the tag team championships on both both shows, on both major promotions. Right. Which is yeah. which is interesting. And WWE does it way more, uh, you know, obviously. Because, uh, yeah. Because, listen, Priest and fucking Finn were holding the belts. And it's right. not like they were an established tag team. So, you know, um, listen, the Usos had the run. That's that's your top of the line. If you really want a fucking, if you want to put the two best, put the Usos and FTR together in a match, there's your long-term established champions from both organizations if you're putting together an AEW versus WWE card that's the tag team match oh, yeah. you want to see. very absolutely simple. agreed very simple uh the other thing they did great is uh you just got that LA night rub by Cena uh just spectacular to see him getting um you know getting that push uh from a guy like John um, we'll see what happens when the uh, when the SAG strike ends and John's back in Hollywood. But for now, guy smart. He's not breaking any union rules. Exactly. So, hey, man, he's an athlete right now. <laughs> so, um, and by the way, anyone who argues this idea of the wrestlers need a union. That's one thing to consider is that if they're under a performance contract, wrestling fucking stops anytime the unions go on strike. So um, because there would have to be some kind of sister union to SAG or some kind of performance union. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Jim says, I hate when they put two guys together and give them the belts. Yeah. And that's again, that's something that. Um, WCW concept with the uh, the luck of the draw, you know, putting two guys together, battleable, uh, battleable, yeah, and, you know that kind of elevated then into WWE uh, in the '90s, kind of putting together, you know, these random tag teams for the storylines. Undertaker and uh, Austin, I think Austin and Mick did it, um, you know, to to get those to those matches. Um, you know, so there's, there's always been that, um, since the nineties, kind of that feel of tag teams 
are used a lot now to utilize building more of the singles matchups or the single competitor. There's no doubt that Ricky Starks is being built up here. It's All not right. Big Bill. Right. Absolutely. Big Bill is is getting the rub for, you know, getting Ricky over. And everything in that match was orchestrated by Ricky Starks. So you can see what they're yeah. doing with the relationship. That's fine. I like that. I just would have loved to see more time. But all right. Well, uh, we are going to be heading into our uh, three count here in uh, just a moment. Uh, if you're listening, of course, on the podcast, uh, you can tune into Three Count tomorrow. Uh, three Count, we're going to talk about uh, this NXT AEW Tuesday coming up here. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Eric Bischoff's uh, comments about uh, AEW and WCW and how ratings can be a factor uh, leading into uh, seeing, you know, things might be going south. Uh, there's there's a little bit of a discussion to be had there, which was interesting. He brought this up. And uh, we might uh, get into a third topic if uh, those two, uh, uh, we don't go too long. Um, and that is uh, Hulk Hogan uh, gave his Mount Rushmore, which was uh, kind of an interesting an interesting thing to see uh, where the Hulkster didn't put himself on the Mount Rushmore, amazingly enough. Shocking. Yeah. So, very interesting. Um, but uh, that's what we got coming up on Three Count. Uh, so, if you uh, tune in, stay with us, and uh, you can join in on the chat. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you very much. And uh, until next week, everybody, happy wrestling. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.